This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. And welcome to episode three of the Beyond the Seacast. Um, I am Comrade, and as always, I'm joined by Val. Hello, Val. How are you? Hello. Well, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good today. And how are you? Yeah, man. I'm good. I'm very, very good. Um, we've got some good stuff to talk about today, and um, life is life in general is good. So yeah, it's it's a good day. It's been a very good day indeed, and yes, we've got a whole bunch of uh, stuff to talk about. Um, how about you You guide us through so, through the beginnings of what we're going to be diving in? Okay, so um, we're going to follow a similar format to last week, where we kind of talk a little bit about the kind of the prior sh- the show that's happened kind of like most recently to us recording. Um, but today we'll focus on the main kind of talking point um, that a lot of kind of people not in the seedling bubble were talking about um, this past week, which was the Beyond the Sea Championship match for the vacant title. Um, if you listened to us last week, you'll know all about what happened there with um, Yoshiko. Um, but yes, uh, Asuka um, or Vaini, depending on um, how you prefer, um, defeated Rina Yamashita in 13 minutes and 30 seconds um, in an intense back and forth battle for the uh, Bacon Championship and is now uh, the Beyoncé champion for the first time in her career. Um, so well, first of all, what, what were your general thoughts on this match? I loved it. Like um, the main, just to think about the the main, not I guess not complaint, but. Um, the little neg- negative point that I've seen being brought up uh, once the once people actually saw the match, um, the length. Um, while I while I agree that it could have benefited from going like five minutes longer, at the end of the day, those thir- those thirteen minutes were some some of the best thirteen minutes of wrestling that I've ever seen. Like, ju- like. Ju- um, just an, such an, an intense match. I was very impressed by, by what I, what they did, and it was it wasn't just um, you know sort of um, let's say 13 minute fi- finishing stretch of a match of sorts. Um, it was a match that built within those third 13 minutes um, with Asuka um, work, working the arm of, R- of Rina Yamashita, which played uh, later into the match, which was something that I definitely appreciated. Uh, so yeah, definitely a definitely a great match. One one which is definitely in the best Joshi matches that I've seen this year so far. So yeah, definitely something great. Love this. Yeah, I think I'm in the very similar like kind of boat. I think it was, it was a good match, but don't get me wrong. But it was uh, I don't know. I think the time that I watched it, like just a couple of hours after, and kind of knowing who who had won and what happened and stuff, kind of. I don't know, decreased my investment. I think like maybe like another rewatch or two would kind of help me kind of truly appreciate it. But um, yeah, there was some good like ground game from both, um, and it was it was 
yeah, I think it would have benefited for like another five. Um, or maybe just take it up, like round it up to 15 minutes. And I think they could have done a bit more. But yeah, yeah I'm kind of glad it wasn't just like, I'm going to hit finishes or kind of just, you know, like a can, kind of like standard like sprint match where it's just, I'm going to drop you on your head, I'm going to hit a couple of finishes and then that's it. Mm. So I'm glad that they actually kind of made it something worth kind of paying attention to rather than just breakneck speed for the whole time with no real stuff, substance. Yeah, the, the, that's really the main thing. Like, just the fact that he had a bit of a structure, uh, besides being pretty short, really was the main point for me. Like, the main thing that I really appreciated. Um, I guess, uh, now that we talked about um, the match itself, uh, we can start projecting a little bit now that Hasga's champion. Um, what are you expecting now? Uh, now that Haskell is champion and like moving forward, what are some of your expectations? Um, well, I feel that the kind of constant, the middle fingers from Asuka are kind of a kind of like a statement, and I can kind of see it in it like Yoshiko event um, inevitably challenging when she kind of comes back from injury, which yeah. um, still like a, another two months, three months maybe away from that. So um, I'm not too kind of worried about Asuka losing because I kind of feel that it's destined to end with a Yoshiko match or maybe at least have that match somewhere um, but I think just kind of leading to Yoshiko maybe a um, bit of an outside kind of curveball pick by Ayame Sasamura and kind of bring up like members of Yoshiko's faction to kind of keep that story going and then have Yoshiko return and then that's it mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, that's definitely uh, a good way to see it uh, to, to see things going, I should say. Um, I guess the other main, yeah, main story we could be looking at is with Ariza Nakajima. Um, obviously, Ariza, uh, former leader of Las Fresa de Egoistas, they've had that, that match, uh, that title match last year, uh, which was pretty great. Um, now, Ariza is a tech champion right now, so, uh, we 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 have already seen uh, tag champions challenge for the um, for the singles title before, but do do we think that we're going to see that rematch um, rather soon enough, like maybe the first defense or the second defense or whatever, or is it something that we're going to get a do- down the line, maybe after the current uh, Citrus Wind uh, title reign? Tactile rain or uh, or yeah or if it is or if it's going to be like the first big statement program for Asuka. Um, I can see them kind of pushing it out just a little bit more because I think with um the Citrus Wind uh, team winning uh, the Get a Dream Tag Tournament, mm. um, and if it's going to be kind of like a mini program there, uh, maybe Ariso and Nane um like lose those um belts, but um yeah I can't see it happening just yet. Um, while it would be like a massive statement victory for Asuka, um, I just, I don't know, with, with the stuff going on with the tag belts and the fact that I kind of feel the tag belts have had more kind of focus over the last kind of uh, six, eight months, um, considering Yoshiko's last defense was September, I think. It was either Surrey uh, or Ajakong. It was Ajakong, it was, uh, it was November, I believe. So like we we haven't really seen much of the Beyond the Sea title, um, like the singles title in 
2021. And this obviously yeah. this was the first title match. So, yeah, I feel there's still going to be that focus from on the tag belts. And then eventually we'll get Arisa versus Asuka, depending on um, what they plan on doing with Yoshiko when she comes back. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, we've got uh, we've we've got a good bunch of um, of stuff to to look forward to with uh, with, with Asuka's reign. Uh, the, I guess the last thing we should we would say is that, like personally, like I well I sh- I guess you I guess you too like we're definitely looking forward to this reign and definitely cu- curious to see how that goes like. With, like because with, with Yoshiko out at least for like the next two three months they're gonna need um, like Seedling is gonna need someone to to step up and and be kind of that kind of that new star and right now as a case in that position and I would tr- I would trust her as a performer and then um, well I guess um, I guess I guess, the, I guess the whole promotion itself to to actually give her a reign which is which is meaningful and actually actually elevates her, uh, given given how the belt has been treated so far, like I'm pretty I'm pretty trusting regarding regarding that. Um, and unless you've got anything else to add on that, uh, we're gonna like well, I'm gonna let you add a, I'm gonna let you add. A, uh, like something if you've got anything to add and then we're going to move to talking a bit more about the Get a Dream tournament uh, Yes I, was, I pretty much agree with you Val it's kind of um, I think they definitely went for the right kind of pick um, I guess not that there was like a wrong pick so I think both would have made great champions but um, I think Asuka being 22 um, kind of like the younger of uh, the two and she she's just so good at wrestling and it is insane Um and I think from like a business point of view, um, this is kind of if they're gonna do Yoshiko Asuka, then that's probably looking at it from a Westerners Westerners point of view. Like I think people with, uh, with Asuka being an AW, AW and doing the um, the women's eliminator thing, um, and then Yoshiko obviously with the cookbook and the start of appearance and the TikTok kind of fame. Um, that she, and that kind of, I think people are more warm towards Yoshiko now. Obviously, like, there are some that are kind of still a bit kind of weird, but I think having that side of appearance is kind of opening more eyes to Seedling, and you can kind of have that big money match and bring more eyes to the promotion there. Because um, I'd certainly watch Asuka versus Yoshiko. Well, even, even if I wasn't a fan of Seedling, I'd probably watch this match anyway. But yeah, I think Asuka as champion is the right move and um, opens a lot of doors in terms of um, the route that they can take. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it feels like. Well, it feels. Um, yeah, it it feels to me like um, a a Yoshiko versus Rina Yamashita match for the Beyond the Sea title could could happen later. Like, it's that it's that kind of thing. Like, I could see this happening another Yoshiko reign, or maybe it's Rina winning the belt, um, winning the belt later. Um, Whatever. Um, where, whereas you have this opportunity with Asuka right now to elevate her to a new standard, and yeah, it, in terms of opportunity, I thought it pretty much was the right one. Um, uh, and now that we pretty much, well, yeah, 
discussed everything that we had to discuss about this match. We can move on to the Get a Dream Tournament review. Um, so, uh, to, so to start off, um, uh, a quick recap of the tournament matches. Uh, to start to start the show, we had Hiroi Matsumoto and Itsuki Aoki facing Kao Kobayashi and Ayamese Zamura. This match went to a 10 minutes and 10 minutes draw, which, which saw uh, both teams being eliminated from the tournament, which was quite a surprise. Um, then we've got then we got the ice speed match between Citrus Wind, Arisa Nakajima, and Nanae Takahashi facing the ice speed army um, Shikayo Nakashima and Sukushiaruka. Um, in that match, we had um, the ice speed army winning, which, if I remember correctly, that's something we kind of predicted, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think we both predicted it because it was high speed rules, and um, I don't think either of us saw the champions getting that far. Um, it was always going to be someone that wasn't them uh, winning this. Yeah, that essentially this match kind of went at, well, well, totally went as um, as we expected. Um, then, so that's where things got a little bit surprising since the first, um, I guess, quarterfinal uh, saw the the two teams uh, go to a draw being eliminated. Uh, the other Citrus Twin team of Riko Kawata and Onori Hana. Uh, directly advanced to the finals, which saw um, in the other semis uh, Makoto and Riko Kaiju wrestle directly, uh, wrestle uh, the High Speed Army and also advanced to the finals. And well, in the finals after the Beyond the Sea um, title match, we had so the completely fresh uh, Citrus Wind team of uh, Kawahata and Hana facing uh, La Fresa de Egoistas. And at the end of the day, which I don't think that was really much of a surprise. Honori um, Hana and Riko Kawata won the tournament. Um, I I think we actually, I think we predicted Les Fresnel Egoistas to win to win this, but I like to think that you will agree with me when I say that the other Citrus Win team winning is yeah definitely not much of a surprise either. Yeah, I kind of, um, I felt that they were always kind of in with a running, and I think it was it was always going to be like the final that they went with. Mm. Um, and I think having Citrus Wind win kind of made sense, I guess. Um, as much as I wanted uh, Las Vegas Diagosters to win um, and kind of have that kind of night where they all kind where they all won, and it was kind of mm. like a really successful kind of show for them. But yeah, it makes sense. Um, and I feel that Hanori Hana winning maybe uh, the tag titles in the future would kind of really kind of elevate her. And um, but yeah, I think it was a good choice, and it was it was a solid tournament. I'll be honest. Um, I, I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, like none of the matches to me were like uh, specifically great, but watching the show live. Um, it was it was it was more than entertaining enough. The match was, the match were pretty fun. So, given what given the kind of of tournament that this was, um, yeah, it, it did more than the job. It was entertaining. So it was all it, it was all cool at the end of the day. Um, the last yeah the last info that we can well the last info that we can give, but an info that we don't actually really have is that 
um, the wish that was that, that was supposed to be won by the winning team, uh, we don't really know what this is because it was, like I tried I tried to guess and I assumed it would be um, a a tag titles match, but that didn't seem to me while watching the show that it was really clear what the wish was, and I don't understand Japanese uh, anywhere near enough to actually understand what was said. Um, so yeah, unless you've got unless <laughs> unless you've got any other information that I don't have, but I don't think uh, yeah I don't think we've got any 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 more news about that um, that wish and set and sadly none of the seedling me- uh, social media's insight actually have that information. Yeah, I don't think I I, I was trying to find the wish that was um, that would have been given and I I couldn't find it and it's just. Like, just social media has let us down. It's always such a reliable resource, and then, like, something that we actually need for this show, and they haven't put it out. So, the listeners blame, like, Nana Takahashi, and because it's under her watch that this has not been, this information has not been given to us. Hashtag blame Nana. <laughs> Let's get it trending by Friday. <laughs> Uh, anyways, um, we're gonna move. We're gonna move to the third part of this of this podcast, which is uh, the ma- the match review. Um, so we've got we've had one match being uh, recommended to us by Alex of uh, Star of Quest. Um, that match was from um, October seventeenth, two thousand eighteen. It was Anako Nakamori of Pure J teaming up with Danai Takahashi uh, facing Arisa Nakajima and Takumi Hiro. Hero of Marvelous. Um, before before actually talking about this match and our thoughts about it, um, to give a little bit of, of context because actually, I, while doing a bit of research about it, it struck me as rather important. Um, this match happened between the first uh, the first round and the semifinals of the tournament, which was held to crown the first ever Beyond the Sea Singles Champions champion. Uh, the semis of that tournament were uh, Nanai Takahashi vs Takumi Hiroa and Arisa Nakajima vs versus Hanako Nakamori. So you can tell that every um, every matchups were dispatched in both teams. So just looking forward to um, looking looking at that match with that context in mind, you could you could have some idea that that there would be some some tension and the the main thing that struck me and uh, and then I'm gonna let you go off uh, with your thoughts about the match um, was how well they managed to uh, well translate that into the match and how they acted like throughout the match you could felt you could, I could feel a level in, of intensity which was I I tend to to expect that from most seedling from most uh, seedling main events but this felt like a completely other level to me, which I didn't really expect at first, but definitely blew in, blew me away when I watched it earlier today. Really blew me away. Um, it was kind of um, just watching it like five minutes beforehand, and it was um, it was insane. Um, like not knowing the context was kind of I don't know if it aided kind of the viewing experience. Um, I think it kind of did, um, but like knowing the context now, it kind of makes it so much better and the fact that kind of 
every interaction served a purpose and there was gen like the intensity never really dwindled until the end when it got like it got a little bit confusing yeah um with like Nana just kind of taking everybody out and then uh pinning arisa and it was yeah I, I didn't really know what to think about it but um yeah they kind of turned it up to 11 stayed there for pretty much the whole thing um well, not the whole thing, like, they built to it, and then when they got going, like, they got going, and it, it was awesome. Um, I think Takumi was kind of, if I had to pick an MVP, it was her. Um, just kind of, like, her facial expressions um, was kind of really added to everything. Yeah, just kind of the way she carried herself in the whole match, it was just, it added so much to it. Um, Arisa, as always, was excellent. Um I'd never actually seen uh, a Hanako Nakamura match before, so this was a really good, intro- really nice introduction. Um, I think one thing that I wasn't a fan of as such, and it's not kind of a thing that was wrong at all. It was just kind of like personal, um, personal tastes, I guess. Um, was the headbutts? It was a bit kind of uh, just, just yeah. kind of. Uh, I was just going to ask you if you were talking about the, um, the early ones from uh, Nanae. Uh, yeah, like the, the early ones were the kind of, like, there was kind of like one where they were all stand, where they were standing and there was kind of the headbutt exchange there. And then I think um, Arisa kind of had um, a submission locked in and then Nanae kind of just headbutted her. Oh, yeah, I I loved that spot. <laughs> I, I liked it. It was just kind of like, uh, that, that, I think that's one where it's kind of, it looks really good, but I think you have to kind of time it perfectly because if you yeah. kind of, it, it's just going to look bad if you don't. And they timed it perfectly, so like, it, it really worked, and yeah, just it was wonderful. And I think preview, I guess quote unquote preview tag matches should work towards this level because I think this was the standard. That that that's probably the the most important important point that we can make um, it's that yeah like you had this um, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for um, you had the tournament lo- um, lo- looming around um, and knowing that you were going to expect some kind of in- of added intensity and like, like I was saying earlier um, they just kept going and kept and kept going with that. And all the little interactions that we had, um, whether it was um, like Takumi dragging uh, Arisa towards them, towards her corner late in the match, try to tag herself in, all that kind of stuff, um, which told you that uh, that every um, everyone wanted wanted at some point to, to face the actual matchup that they would had in the semis. So that was something which. Sometimes you, you don't think you, you don't exactly see that, um, at least to that extent, um, in preview matches in general, whether that's for tournaments or title matches. Um, like it really felt unique in that sense because that you, you just don't see that that often. Like it's the it's the main thing for me, really. Yeah, it's just kind of. Like, kind of being, like, more familiar and kind of being used to, like, the New Japan way of doing it. Obviously, like, two very different styles, but um, kind of seeing the way that they do it and you kind of have the gut, have that one guy in there, like, that you kind of know, oh, he's definitely getting pinned or... Um, and they, they kind of work it like that, but then here you kind of have... 
everybody is significant. Everybody has a point to make and nobody wants to lose. And like you, you can't really have that kind of that level of intensity and kind of quality if you were to just have like say like one of the rookies or something now in, in that tag match to kind of take the fall or something from one of the veterans and it's just yeah I, that was something I really liked and it, it wasn't kind of an element of the match well I, I guess you could say it was but it wasn't like an in-ring thing it was kind of more of a symbolic thing if you could call it that yeah it's a great it's a great point as well because in more uh, standard preview matches which um like, like to 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 follow on what you were saying, like to like the 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 standard New Japan um, uh, faction versus faction with uh, the champion on one side and the challenger on the other, and you you basically know that uh, either the junior of one side or the less important heavyweight on on one side or whatever is going to get pinned like ninety like ninety percent of the time uh, at the very least and. It kind of makes the match predictable, uh, um, but then in that in that scenario, like in that specific match, uh, you had you had none of that, and you didn't really know until like maybe the the last yeah maybe the last until the last five minutes or so, you you really couldn't tell where really where this was going, um, and it yeah it was that kind of match that knew how to how to uh, to keep you invested from the from the first second to the last, pretty much. I think that's how I would, I would sum things up with this match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it was kind of because if I'm not mistaken, the the actual final for this um for this tournament was Nane versus Arisa, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the crown so, the first champion. So the finish was interesting in that sense. Yeah. I like the fact, like, kind of discussing it in this way now, and I think it kind of makes all the sense in the world, because um, Nane kind of knocked, um, not Nakamura, knocked, um, knocked Takumi off the apron uh, before kind of hitting Arise, which is kind of like a statement, like, that she's going to go, like, all the way, and she's going to pin, um, she's going to pin her opponent in the finals. And it's a nice bit of foreshadowing, I think, that kind of set up the final, and it was just going to be those two left in the ring, and it was going to be Nana that won. Yeah, it kind of, like I, maybe it's because we are we are looking at this with um, pretty much all the all the insights, but like it makes you it, it does make you wonder if um, all that kind of sim- symbolism that we're seeing now, because we have all the context in mind, that we're just seeing everything within. I have the French word for what I'm trying to say, but I don't have the English one, which is annoying. Uh, but yeah, like the, the insight, we have all these insights. Um, it makes you it, it makes you wonder if all this symbolism was pretty much planned already or or not. And it just, in a sense, it really has to the match uh, with everything that with, with everything that um, that just works for and going for it. Like the, the two dysfunctional teams, the, all the intensity the, and how every. How that intensity and um, uh, and the, the stakes, like even though this, even though the match itself itself didn't really have much of a, of tangible stakes, like everything was translated so perfectly in my eyes, and um, like j- just like Alex who sent who sent us this match, um, as he said 
this one was one of his favorites. Um, it also um, now is one of my favorite ceiling matches. Um, like even with the slight imperfections that it had uh, towards the finishing stretch, it's one of those where I can just look past that and be completely um, absorbed by by the whole vibe of the match, pretty much. Yeah, I think I'm kind of in a similar place. I think I would. I don't think it'd be too far out of um, too far out for me to say that it is one of it is like definitely up there in terms of um, uh, favorite women's matches or favorite tag matches at the very least. Um, it was just something that I wasn't kind of used to in terms of how I kind of like keep going back to like the preview tag kind of format, but it, it definitely having this kind of shocked me was something um, that helped it, but then kind of knowing the context now and how everything kind of came together, um, it is just absolutely, like, wonderful. Um, just to kind of melt it up, I guess, um, What? how would you rate this from, like, a star rating perspective? From a star rating perspective, and that, that's interesting because... Uh... I don't really use any kind of star rating usually. I kind of move away from that. But if I had to, at the very least, I would probably give it 4.5 stars. Like, uh, at the very least, like, I, I probably not 5 stars because it's not like a perfect match per se. Like, as we said, it has a little bit of imperfections here and there. But it's still so, it, it's so damn intense and, and it it has it carries so much weight that yeah at the very least it's four point five for me. Yeah, I think I'll probably either four point two five or four point five. Probably lean towards the latter. Um, in terms of kind of match length, it was it was perfect. Um, in terms of the intensity and the kind of the stakes and knowing the context adds to it. And um, I think if I was to rank it four point two five, it wouldn't be anything on the match, but just because I'm not a fan of like headbutt spots. Um, like and there were there were like a couple of times where I was kind of like oh that's a bit yeah. uh, <laughs> but um, yeah I, I don't think you can fault it too much like at all and um, I'll uh, we'll put the link to this in the kind of the pod, uh, the episode notes so um, if you haven't watched it then you know watch it it's definitely a recommendation like, most definitely yeah. like, great great match. <laughs> Uh, unless you had anything else to add about on this match, we're gonna uh, we're gonna move to towards uh, the last um, yeah, sort of part of this of this podcast, which is bring which is uh, announcing uh, the bits of information that we know regarding the next uh, seedling show, uh, the which is the Arizona um, the Arizona Kojima produced show fifteenth uh, spring with three ends. Uh, essentially uh, celebrating Arisa Nakajima's 15 years in wrestling as she debuted in 2006. Uh, that show will happen in April, on April 4th, and we the, the, the informations that we have so far, um, we know the, the match that most likely will be the main event, uh, featuring only wrestlers who debuted in 2006, um, which are Arisa Nakajima, Nagisa Nozaki of Pro, of Pro Wrestling Wave, and Anako Nakamori, Anako Nakamori, which we already mentioned in the previous sections. 
um, on one side versus um, Hiroyo Matsumoto and Dashi Saiko, uh, the team Reiwa Ultima Powers, teaming with Makoto. So that's the the big match that we've got. And uh, the other thing is that we have the uh, we will see the legendary Bull Nakano appearing in this show for uh, for what. Apparently is built as a mini talk event, so whatever this is, but anyway, it's going to be pretty nice to see Bill Nakano reappear, uh, re- reappearing in a wrestling, w- in a wrestling ring and just, uh, within the, the world of wrestling. It's gonna be a cool thing. Yeah, I kind of saw the announcement, I think this morning, like properly, I think I saw the graphic for the show and I kind of wasn't sure if it was, um, Narisa kind of uh, producer, which obviously it is, um, or if it was kind of like just like a seedling show, like a standard kind of monthly thing. Um, but yeah, the the six man tag is interesting, especially to me, um, who hasn't actually seen uh, Nozaki or Dash in like pr- properly before. I think I've kind of seen like small clips, but I haven't actually gone out my way to kind of watch any of their work. So I, I feel like I'm missing out um, just seeing like the praise online constantly, so this will be a nice introduction. Probably, probably a lot of uh, of praise coming from me because I've been on the on the dash uh, on the on the dash train for quite a while, right? Uh, from quite a while now. Um, so, like, just to just to give a um, a bit of thoughts about the match itself, like, uh, at this point, I've seen um, at least once every one in this. Uh, involved in this match um, wrestle and I must definitely look forward to it like it's I expect I, I expect it to be uh, a little to be a little bit fun like for like that kind of match which is on those producers on those producers like you kind of expect um, I guess your your yeah your kind of fun moments and that, and that kind of stuff but otherwise like that match should be a a real banger. Like you have just, you just have too much talent. Uh, um, a bunch of really, really good tag wrestlers in there. So definitely looking forward to it. And well, if you, uh, if you're listening to this and uh, either didn't know about this, um, about about this about this show coming up, or or if you were um, uncertain about about certain things, uh, uh, if you if you would like to take my word from it, I would definitely recommend recommend uh, you actually looking forward to this because it definitely should be great like looking at the at the lineup it definitely should be great um, did you have anything else to add about that uh, that match or the show itself uh, anything um nothing that we've already kind of that we haven't already covered I think it's very exciting I'm kind of looking forward to seeing like how the rest of the card takes shape yeah yeah, yeah, because uh, of course uh, we're gonna we're going to see um, the main um, uh, well the, the main the main silly participants uh, Yurnanai is Yurazuka like uh, appearing like slightly appearing for the first time as the new Beyond the Sea champion. So that's going to be something uh, else to look forward to. Um, until then, uh, we're going to be wrapping this thi- wrapping this thing up. Um, Conrad, uh, where can we find you on social media? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at El Compacto Newt. So I'm changing it back um, by the time this comes out. So yes, um, and you know the standard follow uh, follow Near Falls Media 
which is a we are now officially known as um, at Nearfalls Media on Twitter. Yeah, and as for me, you can follow me at Magin as well, as well as at Valtox Puro. And uh, you mentioned the Nearfalls Media account. I'm just gonna drop this quickly. Um, I won't be just a co-host uh, of podcast on the Dragon Suplex Network and um, thus uh, Near Falls Media. I'm also joining the writing team uh, as of today. So as so as soon as uh, the new site is up, I will be starting uh, producing content, uh, starting with uh, with my um, narrating series, which is called Looking Back. So look forward to this if you're interested in reading about uh, deep dives into wrestling matches, ma- uh, the meaning of stories, and all that kind of good stuff which we which we like about pro wrestling. So yeah, in the in the meantime, we will see you next week. Goodbye. Yeah, we'll see you next week.